writers, we're up against a couple of things here. We not only have to be able to handle the physical uh, degradation that happens from the work we do, but we've got to stay creative. We've got to stay focused. Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we discuss meaningful ways to get better results with your author business. Today's show is all about author wellness, which I know is an odd topic for a business show, but it's an important topic. Let me start the ball rolling with confession time. While I like to think I'm a person who takes good care of himself physically, I've done a terrible job of it over the past year. A combination of personal issues and a lot more time spent with my butt in the chair writing has left me in the worst shape of my life as I approach my 60th birthday. And I cringe when I say that. In the past year, I've gone from a five day a week runner to a five day a week walker with occasional runs, then to a three day a week walker, and then then to a, hey, maybe I should go for a walk kind of a guy. I was actually thinking maybe we should get a dog to give us a reason to go out and get exercise more often. I was kind of sort of starting to get back into trying to exercise. I was even running a little bit while I was walking, like three quarters walking and, and one quarter running. Before I talk to today's guest, Colleen M. Story. But my conversation with Colleen, which took place a few weeks ago, was so inspiring that I'm now, a few weeks later, back to running four days a week, and I'm swimming on my off days, and I'm feeling a whole lot better. But of course, this show isn't about me, it's about you. We did a quick survey in the AuthorBiz Facebook group on whether or not we, as a group, exercise, and what we do for exercise. The most popular activity is running or walking on a regular basis, but some of us are far more creative. We have people doing everything from Tai Chi exercises to hopping up and dancing when the Pomodoro timer goes off. Several authors in the group use treadmill desks, which I, I find astonishing. But they don't use them for writing. They're using them more for social media and email and other author business-related activities. A few of us do yoga or stretching on a regular basis. One author takes the walking thing uh, to a different level altogether by taking multiple walks each day, weather permitting, and finds that the breaks increase his productivity and theoretically help to keep him sane. While others find exercise at day jobs or by taking care of things at home. One author's answer probably rings true for a lot of us. She said, I'm a single parent, and chasing a kid gives me a lot of exercise. Anyone who's had or has young children at home certainly understands that one. Only a small percentage of those responding to the survey said they just don't have the time or the desire to exercise. So for the most part, we're a pretty active group. But no matter what you're doing to take care of yourself, physically and mentally right now, I think you're going to enjoy today's show. Colleen M. Story is an author who writes imaginative fiction and is also a freelance writer, instructor, and motivational speaker specializing in creativity, productivity, and personal wellness, which she writes about through her blog, writingandwellness.com. 
Before we get to the interview, May 31st, which is tomorrow, I'm recording this on Memorial Day, is the last day for a special offer for anyone listening who's considering setting up a WordPress website. Bluehost, the company I recommend for affordable WordPress hosting, is offering an amazing deal that ends on May 31st. For as little as $2.95 a month, you can get professional WordPress hosting from Bluehost, including a free domain registration and up to five email accounts. Like I said, this is the account that I recommend to my author friends, and I've helped a bunch of them set up their accounts. But this is the cheapest price I've seen yet from Bluehost, and it's going away on the 31st. So if you're interested, please go to theauthorbiz.com slash Bluehost. If you do go through my link, I'll earn an affiliate commission, and that money goes to help cover the cost of producing and hosting this show. So if you're considering a WordPress site, you want to lock in a great rate, and you want to help to support the show, this is a great way to do it. All right. We've got an information-packed show this week, and I hope you're listening while you're running, walking, or getting some kind of exercise. If you are, you're fully entitled to feel virtuous while listening. Colleen M. Story, welcome to The Author Biz. Thanks so much, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, one of the reasons that I started this show is to educate myself, and I, I use myself not as the ideal writer because I'm about as far from being the ideal writer as a person could possibly be, but I am someone who's curious about things, and I'm experiencing many of the same problems that we all as authors experience, and one of the things that, that began happening to me very early on was I spent a lot more time sitting in my chair, staring at a screen, and my physical fitness began to deteriorate. It's something that I have worked hard to correct, but whenever I find myself in a writing frenzy or I'm up against a deadline, it just, it, all hope of wellness, whether physical or mental <laughs> wellness, goes out the window. And I, I want to talk to someone whose last name is Story, who writes about this, <laughs> to tell me what I and the rest of our listeners should be doing, because I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> well, I don't think you're doing it wrong. I think it's just something that it is, is an occupational hazard. And really, as writers, the cards are just stacked against us. We're, we're like in a situation that in, in many ways could not be more unhealthy. I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been a professional writer. That's, that's how I make my living. So I'm writing all day, uh, making my living, and then I was usually writing morning and night to get my fiction uh, career going as well. Mm -hmm. So I really know what this does to people. And um, the bad news is that it's not just physical, because all the physical deteriorations, really, that you go through as you're spending all this time at the computer or whatever screen you're working on um, affects not only your body but your mind as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it tends to degrade your thinking, your creativity. You get tired. You can't focus as well. And so, you know, being the reason I started writing in wellness was because the two of them have to go together. You have to be able to stay physically well to keep your mental and your creativity going at the level that you want them to. And particularly when you're, you know, you're talking, I think a lot of your audience is indie authors. You know, these are authors that are needing to put out a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Indie authors know that, you know, you've got to keep your name in front of your readers. You've got to be putting out the next story and the next story, which means you've got to be working at an optimal capacity. And if you're your body is kind of, you know, getting beat up by the way that you do things, your mind's going to kind of follow. 
the body tends to lead the mind, which we often think of it as the other way around. We think that, you know, what we decide to do is what the body's going to follow. But it's actually the other way around. You end up sitting for even just a couple of hours, and things start going downhill. Your, your thinking starts to slow. Your circulation slows, pulls up in your legs. You start to get pain in your muscles. And all these things kind of end up dragging you down. So, you know, the point is that we, in a way I kind of think of it is we need to be athletes. We need to be constantly training and working in a way that keeps us in top condition so that we can do the work we want to do. I got I have to say I feel about as far from being an athlete right now as is, is humanly possible. I am I'm going through the process at age 59 and uh, 9 tenths or actually 11 twelfths. Um, I'm starting to get back into running again and it is such a challenge after not doing it for such a long period of time. Now I find myself doing this one thing over and over and over again. I think I'm going to sit down and write for a while, and then I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do some form of exercise. And I'll start writing, and all of a sudden, it's three hours later, and when I push myself out of the chair, I feel like, like <laughs> I've, I've become mummified. Like you've just, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, believe me. And uh, myself, personally, I've gone through a number of back troubles because of, that's just the way it is. And we're all going to end up in that, that spot. I think the, um, the key is to have things that you can do that counteract these effects. For me, I, I live and swear by yoga. If I wasn't doing yoga every day, I would be, you know, a hunched over old lady, I'm sure. The yoga really focuses on your spine, which is what takes the most of the beating when we're sitting and riding for so long and not getting up and moving. So that, you know, that bending and twisting and moving and stretching is just so key. I mean, I, I can't go to sleep at night until I've, till I've done that. So I would say we need to put in place things that help counteract. You know, we can't beat ourselves up if we're in a period of good writing and we lose track of time. We just need to be able to then put into place things that are going to help us to feel better once that's over. So stretching is the first thing I would recommend. And, of course, the second thing is to move however you can move. Some of us feel like, okay, well, I've got to get back into exercising, so that means a marathon. <laughs> and that's you know, usually the wrong way to go about it because then you just end up injured yourself and you're, you're back to where you can't exercise again. What we're finding, and I've, you know, I've been a health writer this whole 20 years, and which means that I've read study after study after study. And what we're finding is what we really need to do is just move more, however that is. So if you're three hours, you know, you're done writing for three hours, just go take a walk. It can be that easy. Just go walk, go stretch a little bit, you know, go play with a dog, take a walk with your kids. These things need to be simple. They need to be stuff that we can work into our daily lives. We just have to be aware that they need to be there, that we need to make sure that if we've sat down and we've written for a long time, we're feeling pain, that we then go take care of it with stretching, with a little bit of exercise. But we don't, you know, think that we have to go overdo it and become ninja warriors, you know, just to be able to handle the hours that we're spending in front of the computer. That's not necessary. But we do need to have these things in place every day that we're doing that help counteract the stress that we're putting our bodies and our minds under. I like I like the analogy that, that you made earlier. Analogy is the wrong word, but you said we need to be we need to think of ourselves as athletes. And as yeah. as athletes, uh, you know, it's a basketball playoff time now. And and you think about basketball players and the training that they do um, to be specifically good at their skills. You've mentioned a couple things that that we can do to help our bodies uh, with the things that we do. Stretching being one, and I am a huge proponent of stretching. 
but I I never know that I do it right. Are there resources for you know how we should stretch, what we should stretch, um, at, at places we can go to find that information? You know, they're all over the place. Um, I think I, I kind of hesitate to mention any particular one because everybody is so different and everybody's, you know, lifestyles are so different. For me, I just, you know, I just learned yoga out of a book, and I have like a, a set of stretches that I do every night that work really well for me. But, you know, other people do better going to classes or maybe getting uh, some DVDs. I say, you know, whatever works for you personally because this is all about creating your own personal program, really. I mean, there isn't like... Uh, a set writer's exercise program that's necessarily going to work for everybody. We just have to find ways that are going to work for us. I've been doing some research lately on Tai Chi, and I'm really fascinated by it. I've got an article coming out on it soon at Writing and Wellness, and I think that's another really good one that writers could look into for stretching and sort of the meditative effect. The the reason why I like yoga so much is because there is a meditative effect to it as well. Mm -hmm. It helps not only stretch out all the kinks in your spine and your body, but also get your your breath aligned and your your mind kind of centered as well. You're doing both at the same time, and we all know that we're short on time these days. So something that kind of does a little bit of both for you, it's another reason why I think walking is so beneficial, and so many writers have enjoyed walking, is that there's a meditative aspect to that as well. So um, I think you just kind of have to fashion your own sort of program that works for you, because, you know, the instant that I say go out and, you know, make sure you're doing X, Y, Z exercises after each hour of writing, that's going to fall apart for somebody. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's all kinds of information out there for exercises you can do while writing. I have a lot of um, featured authors on writing and wellness that have suggested some. Carrie Flanagan is one of them. She has some neat little door stretches you can do after you've written for a while. Those things are out there and available to people. But I would just encourage folks to um, to kind of set up their own plan and be aware that this is just so necessary. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is is that, you know, as writers – we're up against a couple of things here. We not only have to be able to handle the physical uh, degradation that happens from the work we do, but we've got to stay creative. We've got to stay focused. And that's a big requirement on our brains. And, you know, I I, I go home and visit my parents um, several times a year, and they have a 10-acre ranch, you know, and I can lose sleep there and get up and be tired and go out and do that manual work. I can sling hay and feed animals and haul water buckets and whatever. It's not a problem, but try to sit down and write when you're kind of tired or you're worn out or you're in pain, and it's near impossible. And so it's another reason why I say we kind of have to be athletes. We have to be constantly working in these these counteractive activities that we do to, to help our bodies and minds keep up with what we're doing, and because, you know, once once everything starts to go south, you're, you're not going to be able to produce your work as you want to. All right. Now, there are going to be people out there listening that are a lot younger than I am, and they're going to think to themselves, yeah, that's okay for Steve because he's old, but I'm (laughs) young and I don't have to worry about this. What would you say, is there a time in life when we need to start thinking about this or is this just something we should be thinking about as adult writers? Um, I would say kind of two-pronged. Obviously, when you're in your 20s, you know, we all know that we can stay up late at night and sit in the chair forever and we can recover a lot faster from that. But I would share that 
in my early 30s, that young, I had a, a, a slipped disc in my back, and it was strictly from all the sitting I was doing. I was really working overtime to get my freelance business off the ground. And uh, I ended up having to work on the floor with my laptop on my belly because I couldn't stand sitting after that happened for two months. It really slowed me down. And that can happen to you at any time. And I would also say that I, I just read a study uh, a few weeks ago that spinal doctors are seeing an increase in teenagers coming into their offices with what they call kyphosis, which is an abnormal curvature of the upper spine, because we are so hunched over our gadgets all the time, whether it be computer, tablet, cell phone, or whatever. They're seeing an actual increase in damage occurring to the spine because of this constant poor posture that we have. So this isn't something that just occurs, you know, as people get older, although obviously you're more vulnerable as you get older. You are vulnerable to this kind of uh, effect from what we're doing with our screens all the time, no matter what age you are. There's also the concern of weight gain, um, which we're seeing even in young people because we're sitting around too much. We're not moving enough. Um, and while we're sitting around, we want to fuel our brains because we want to be creative. Makes us hungry. We're, you know, we're eating all the wrong stuff while we're sitting there working on our writing, and that contributes to weight gain, which causes all kinds of problems down the road. So this isn't just the problem for older people. It is, it is there no matter what age you are. And starting the better habits at a younger age will help you to survive this, you know, this profession a lot, in a lot better shape if you're starting it at, at, you know, when you're in your 20s and you're getting used to moving more and you're getting used to eating right while you're sitting and you're, you're, you're making uh, adjustments to your work area that help you to be more comfortable. Maybe you have a standing desk. You can stand part of the time during the day. All these things are habits. And uh, the more that we solidify those habits at a younger age, the longer that we'll be able to carry them through as we get older. Now, we're recording this on May 18th, and I, I you know, today, yesterday, within the last few days, uh, your, your website, writingandwellness.com, had a, a post about weight gain, authors and weight gain, which is, as you just mentioned, something that, you know, we have to work hard to avoid because of what we do. Um, and you know, how big – you talk with people all the time. You work with people. Is weight gain one of the biggest problems that we have, or, or are there others? It is one of the biggest problems. I've had over 100 authors now on uh, writing and wellness, and many, many, many of them talk about always fighting the weight gain. It's like this constant battle. And, um, you know, I don't care if you're, you know, if you're skinny to begin with and we're talking that you're, you're always fighting with five pounds or if you're, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight and struggling with fat. It, it, is, it is a challenge. And I think, I think it goes beyond writers even. So many of us now are spending a lot of hours at the computer. Mm-hmm. We're spending time in the car commuting. We're spending time in front of the TV. We're sitting, sitting, sitting. And uh, you may have heard that sitting is the new smoking. It's just horrible for us. It increases risk of all kinds of diseases and, and, and actually reduces our, our lifespan. And so, um, you know, yeah, weight gain is a big issue, and how do we handle that? Um, that's been something I've been working on for, for decades, and I feel like I've come up with a few things um, that are helpful to me personally. Again, I think everybody kind of has to find their own, their own groove that way, but the one thing that I'll mention again is move. You know, get up. I, I, I'm an advocate of chunking, uh, where you where you set a timer and you do you do your work for 45 minutes to an hour, and then you get up and you get up for at least 15 minutes. 
you know, we tend to get up and go drink a water and then go right back and sit down. That's not enough. We need to get up and walk around. We need to go move and do something, stretch, maybe do a few jumping jacks, a few, you know, get the jumping rope and work with that, whatever. We need to move more throughout the day to counteract that endless sitting and what it does uh, to our spines and to our weight. And then we need to have a regular exercise program that we're committed to, that we're willing to do most days of the week. And whatever that is for you, you know, that may be running, but it may be walking, it may be playing racquetball, it may be going to your dance class, whatever it is, we need to have something that we enjoy that we do as exercise. Trying to do something that you don't enjoy is a losing battle because people usually end up quitting it. So just moving in some way that, that you enjoy. And then the other key thing is what we're eating. And that's kind of the hardest part of it. What are we eating? And especially when we're sitting down and writing, what are we putting into our mouths? And that becomes a mindless activity. If we're writing or we're watching TV or whatever we're doing, we're just stuffing stuff into our mouths, and it's usually not healthy stuff. It's usually, you know, cookies and candy and, and crackers and popcorn smothered with a bunch of fat or whatever. So we have to really become aware of everything, and especially the older you get, the easier it is to have just an extra little snack turn into an extra two pounds the next day, and then that's really hard to get rid of. So, yeah, that is a problem, Steve, and I hear it from writers all the time, something that they're battling with. Um, I, hopefully there's a, a bunch of information on the site to help with that. The other major problems I hear about are the ones we've spoken about, which is back pain, neck pain, carpal tunnel, that sort of thing as far as physical problems go. You know, when you were describing yourself on the floor and writing and, and dealing <laughs> with all this pain, I, I was thinking to myself how often I've spoken to authors that – that have that same issue. Like I, I can't sit at my desk anymore. I've got to lay on the couch and write, or I've got to sit on the, a chair a certain way to write. Yeah, it, it's it's just something that when you hear it, it doesn't really all come together until you hear someone like you say, "Yes, this is a problem, and this is the result of of this problem." Yeah, and I, I just want to emphasize, Stephen, the. Uh you know, I had not had any problems prior to that. I was a cross-country runner. I, I thought I was healthy and fit. You know, this, this was a shock to me. It's, it's not something that just happens to people as they get older or just happens to out-of-shape people. I was in shape. I was fit. I was running. I was doing yoga. But I was just plain sitting too long without getting up and taking breaks, and I wasn't counteracting that sitting. Um, I really would recommend anybody that's doing a lot of writing, if you're doing more than, like, two or three hours a day, if you're, like, myself, if you're doing six, eight, ten hours a day of writing, or, or even if you have a job that requires you to sit at a computer and you're coming home and trying to write at night, would really suggest you getting somehow working it so you can do part of it standing up. Not suggesting you stand all day long because that can cause some issues too, but a, co a combination of standing and sitting really helps to relieve some of that pressure on the spine. Um, for me, I just use an old file box and put my keyboard on it and work for part of the day like that. You don't have to spend thousands on a fancy desk unless you want to. But doing that, you know, moving around, changing positions, changing positions, it's that staying in the same place for hours on end that really wreaks havoc on the spine. Are you able to maintain your mental flow when you go from seated to standing? I am, actually. Um, it takes a little adjustment initially, but... Um, yeah, I have found that I am. You know, we all know that Hemingway wrote Standing Up, right? That's a big story. Um, but we don't want to yeah. emulate everything he did. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
No, but I mean, it shows you that someone who is, you know, a, a classic writer mm-hmm. wrote standing up. It definitely is possible. I, I don't know quite yet how people do it on a treadmill desk. I, I've oh, heard of, yes. of people using treadmill desks. And, um, you know, I think what I've heard from most people on those is that those are good for answering emails, for checking files, for maybe doing editing. But when you really want to get in the zone and uh, work on fiction or work on an article that you need to really, you know, disappear on, um, you kind of need a more still position is what I'm kind of getting for feedback. And I know that's true for me. Um, But I think as you're standing, you definitely can get in that same place. You know, it's just kind of a little bit of of an adaptation, but you're not, you're not having to move a whole lot. I do find that I tend to sway more standing, which I think is just good. You're moving more, which mm-hmm. helps your spine. But yeah, I mean, I've found it to be successful. I mean, I would just encourage other people to try it. Now, you mentioned something a little while ago. What, what I have done for the last year or so is a, a modified version of the Pomodoro method, which I think you know, specifies either 20 or 25 minutes on and then a five-minute break. So what I do is 40 minutes on and then a five-minute break, and I feel pretty good about myself, but you said a 15-minute break, which would make an enormous difference because sometimes I feel like I've, I, you know, it takes five minutes to get up after 45 <laughs> minutes of sitting still. <laughs> Yeah, by the time you've gotten your water or your new cup of tea or whatever, right. five minutes is over, and your spine's going, no, 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 don't do this to me again. <laughs> yes, and 15 yeah, I mean, minutes I, gives you time to do something, whether it's housework or take a walk around the neighborhood or feed the cat or something. Well, and the problem is mental. We feel guilty. I mean, we, we think, oh, I can't take 15 minutes, you know, or we're concerned that, you know, we've got too many other things going on. At least I find this going on in my head. Oh, I've got to get this next project done. We've got to get it done. But um, it, it, it really helps in a number of ways. I just taught a class on productivity at the uh, Northern Colorado Writers uh, Conference back in April. And uh, one of the things I was trying to explain is that we, we, we think that if we have a lot to get done, if we just stay and do it, then we're more likely to get it done. And it's kind of, it's kind of a, a, a mental um, glitch because that's not the way it works. The fresher we are when we come at a project, mentally and physically, the more efficient we are. They've actually found in studies that workaholics are less productive because there comes a point where things just start to go downhill and your work slows down. You know, it takes you longer to get stuff done, but you produce less quality work. And so by getting up and taking an actual 15 minutes, you're, you're not only resetting your body, you're helping to reset your mind. And, you know, the body and mind work together really closely. We writers tend to ignore that. We, I, I call it the Spock's brain syndrome. I don't know if you remember the old Star Trek. Oh, yes. <laughs> the old Spock's brain, and they, <laughs> they put it in this computer, and he's just as a brain. And I think for writers, we're so intellectual and creative and, you know, so interested in, in what we can come up with mentally that we forget that this is a whole package. And the body really leads the mind. If the body starts to be in pain or starts to have these issues, then the mind slows down with it. Um, and so getting up for 15 minutes, going for a walk, getting your brain somewhere else, it's good for your eyes, too. Look, look out on something distant outside because all that you know, computer time is horrible for the eyes. It's causing dry eye syndrome and all kinds of other issues. So it resets the brain as well. You come back fresh, and you're able to get that next uh, bunch of writing done faster, more efficiently, and at a higher quality. You know, it's you, you mentioned something that that I think was really interesting, and I think this may resonate with a lot of people that listen. Um, I've I've had a number of shows where the guests have have talked about specific techniques to get more writing done faster, and what you're talking about is is a similar thing, but it's it's focusing on 
the opposite, or you know, rather than looking at techniques to to allow us to get more done in a shorter period of time, we're talking about techniques that allow us to keep our mind sharper and our body sharper so that we can get more done without actually focusing on getting more done. Exactly. I mean, it's like that's why I bring it back again to the athlete. Everything that we do as writers comes from us. We have to constantly perform in a way. Um, just like that athlete has to be out there and has to, you know, do the race or do the game or has to be at the top of their game when they're, when they're performing. Every time we sit down to write, that's what we're trying to do. And if we're, if we're indie writers and we're trying to produce a lot of material, even traditional authors are trying to produce a lot of t- material or hybrid authors, you know, we have to be at the top of our game. And the best way to do that is to take care of ourselves. That's the main thing I'm trying to get across with writing and wellness is that we need to realize that being an optimal human being, having you know the best body, the best mind that you that you can have by taking care of it, is going to help you be a better, a faster, a more efficient writer. Because everything is coming from you. There's no you know there's nowhere mm-hmm. else that it can come from. You have to produce it, and so your condition mentally and physically and emotionally, it all comes into play as you're producing your work. And so the better condition that you can keep yourself in, the more likely you're going to be to reach your goals. You know, we have, we've tangentially discussed uh, mental health um, it, through what you're talking about, our mental well-being. But we haven't specifically dug into that. That's, that's right. another issue that we have. You know, we're sitting in front of this. We're creating work all the time. And a lot of times, you know, we may spend months creating something before we actually get feedback from an audience. And then when that feedback comes in, it may be positive, it may be negative. Who the heck knows what it's going to be? But uh, there's, there are these emotional ebbs and flows that we all go through because of what we do and, and the way we do it. Um, how, how, do we, how do we deal with that as well? How do we, how do we bring mental well-being in, into this whole package of well-being? And, you know, um yeah, and I, I kind of laugh because this is like uh, a challenge that I continue to face, that, that all the writers I've, I've talked to on writing and wellness continue to face. Things like self-doubt, things like dealing with rejection, what you said, going for months, even years without any feedback. Um, after all these years of doing it myself and talking with other people, um, I have a number of suggestions. One is what we've already been talking about. When you take care of yourself physically and emotionally. You go do something that makes, yourself, makes you happy. You get up and go move somewhere. Studies have actually found that people who are dealing with depression get instantly better when they move. If they go exercise, if they go move somehow, it instantly makes you feel better. That is always a good thing to turn to. But I, I, doing something that makes you happy, um, being your own best cheerleader, that's the hardest thing, I think, because we are hard on ourselves. You know, we, we, we look at the writing all the time and, oh, it's, it's crap, it's no good. We get rejection feedback and we think, oh, I knew it all along, I can't do this. You know, what am I doing? Who am I fooling? We're, we're really hard on ourselves all the time. Sometimes when I take a step back and I think, man, you know, <laughs> I am criticizing myself 24 hours a day. This is not a good thing to do. <laughs> and uh, writers, we, have, we absolutely must change that or we will not survive in this business. We absolutely have to be our own best cheerleaders. We absolutely have to catch those thoughts when they're happening and say, I just can't do this. And the, the struggle is that we think, well, it, we, we think, well, it's true. You know, well, I, I'm, this wasn't good, or I didn't do this well enough, or I, I'm just not good enough. This stuff 
talks to us as if it's actually the truth. And we think, you know, well, I can't really ignore that because what if it's true? It, it doesn't matter at that point. If we want to be in this career and we want to make a long uh, go of it, we absolutely have to counteract that kind of thinking. It, it's just good for us. It's kind of like an athlete. If he has a bad day at the track and starts thinking, you know, I knew all along I just wasn't up for this. No, not allowed. You can't do that because the instant you start doing that, you start tearing yourself down, you start dragging yourself farther away from your goals. You absolutely just have to shut the door on it and say, that is not allowed. Only positive stuff is allowed. Turn your thinking around. Go do something that makes you feel good and talk yourself back up because nobody else is going to do it. That's, that's the hard thing. We keep thinking, if I can get you know, good feedback from someone or if, if a reader likes what I do, and we go through these roller coasters, you know, mm-hmm. we get these little bits of feedback. Feedback. We think, oh, you know, maybe it's going to be all right, and maybe I am able to do this. You know, maybe this will happen, and we live on that good feedback until the next rejection comes or the next criticism comes, and then, oh, you know, maybe I was wrong. It's a roller coaster. We have to realize that it's an illusion. You know, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. We have to keep ourselves in the middle with constant self encouragement. And one thing I, I guess I come back to is, if we have this calling to write, if this is inside of us, it's there for a reason. I am absolutely convinced of that. Because in my own life, I have seen, and not because we're going to be the next you know, best-selling novelist or the next Pulitzer Prize winner or whatever, but because it is important to our life and our personal evolvement. I, I know in my own life that my writing has taken me places that nothing else ever has. It has made me grow. It has stretched me in ways that nothing else would have. It has, I think, made me a better person. And so I think, I think a lot of people, if they're feeling that call to write, there's a reason. It may not be because you're going to be a bestseller. It may be because it's going to push you into other areas that are good for you. It may be because it's going to show you other gifts you have that you can give to people. But whatever the reason, it's there. And we have a choice. Do we follow it or we don't? And I think if we don't, we're only holding ourselves back. We're only limiting our potential. We're, we're not becoming who we can become. We've got to charge after it with everything that we've got. We've got to give it everything we've got. We can't allow the negative thoughts because what's the alternative? You know, we, we give up, we quit, or we set it aside and think we can't do it. And that is just stunted growth. That is just stopping what we can, we can accomplish. Uh, th- and that was terrific. Now, you, you have just gone through the process of releasing uh, a work of fiction called Lorena's Gift. And yes. that, that was – you released that in April. Um, that's, it, it seems to me when I, when I think through the writing process, there are all of these danger points where we can get ourselves into uh, you know, mental trouble. For some people that may be starting, for some people that may be finishing, for all of us, it has to be releasing because then we're opening ourselves up to judgment. Um, do, do we, should we be on the lookout uh, at specific times of, of the writing process uh, to, to make sure that we're keeping our mind on track? For example, did you have to do any of that when you were ramping up for the release of your book? Actually, what ha- but when you, when you say that, Stephen, what comes to mind to me is experience while I was working on that book. I actually, and I wrote about this on Writing and Wellness, I went to a workshop, and I had finished the book and had actually sent it off to uh, a few editors uh, at publishing houses. And I go to this workshop, I take my little story, and it's a standard writer's workshop. It was led by a New York Times bestselling author. And, you know, there's about 12 of us. We all read each other's work, and we come to the workshop, and we comment, and we try to help each other. 
So I go to this workshop, and here I have this work that I was, I was pretty proud of, and I was thinking it was the best I had done to date, and um, was, was really hopeful for it. And the, the workshop leader proceeded to kind of basically tell me that, um, well, the first few pages were, were okay, but after that it just went downhill in her opinion. And here was why. She didn't think the story should be about this, but she thought it should be about that. And then she proceeded to let the class join in and say, you know, how, what they thought should actually happen in the story. Well, you could do this, or you could do that, or you, do, you could have your character do X, Y, Z, or you could have your character do, you know, A, B, C. And by the time I left that workshop, I was so utterly confused and discouraged. I had no idea where to turn or what to do. It totally threw me, you know, upside down. And um, I ended up going to some of the other great authors that were there, and they were very supportive and very helpful in kind of telling me um, how to deal with it. The best advice I got was from Daniel Woodrell. He wrote The Winter's Bone. And uh, he told me, you know, just go back and see if you can find where it went wrong and go from there. So I followed his advice. I went back to the story, and I started uh, reworking from there. I actually didn't end up changing a whole lot, but I did gain a lot from hearing some of the other writers read that week. I just kind of went back and, and worked it over again. When I got back home, I had a request from a couple of different editors for the full manuscript based on what I'd had before and what I'd already sent. So I, you know, I went ahead and finished up the little changes I was making and sent, sent it off and uh, ended up getting my publishing contract from that. And so that was like the worst time for me in the process of that book. I was ready to throw it in the trash and light the fire to it. I, I was just, and not only because I was discouraged by the, by the critique, but because I didn't know how to proceed from there. And I think what I learned from that is that you just have to trust yourself at the end of the day and realize that everybody's opinion is subjective. It's not all going to be the same. Even if it comes from somebody that you admire or someone who's experienced in the business, it doesn't mean it's the only opinion. And you, got to, you have to submit. You have to get your work out there. Get it out to somebody else. Keep working on it. Go back and see if there's something else that intuitively you feel you could, you could improve. And go at it again. I, you know, those times when you're on the floor, I guess all I would, say, would have to say is keep going. Just, just keep going. Go back and try again. It's really the only uh, remedy. There's, there's nothing else you can do. I, I am I'm, I'm pausing because I have more questions, but that's a perfect place to close this interview. I'd love to be back, Stephen. <laughs> if you have another slot sometime, sometime, I'd love to talk to you again. I mean, this is such an important topic, and you speak so eloquently about it. Uh, I, I, I have learned so much today, and, and, and my mind has, has changed uh, so much, but you, you highlight the things that, that we go through as creative people. It's not just writers, it's musicians, it's yes. everyone who's putting their work out there to be judged by the rest of the world. And right. uh, there, there are these processes that we go through and there's this self-doubt and, and there's this, you know, this need to, to be, as you, as you put it, to be your own cheerleader, and it's so difficult. It is, but so necessary. For me, it's just, you know, keep practicing, keep trying every day. You know, how can you pump yourself up? Because like I say, no one else is going to do it. So it's important that, that we do that for ourselves. All right. So your website, well, you have a couple websites, but the one that where I found you, and I've, I've actually been following that website for quite some time, and you and I have communicated back and forth on Twitter, is writingandwellness.com. And That's you right. also have a personal website, which is? ColleenMStory.com. 
Okay, so I would I would definitely recommend for anyone for whom this this topic resonates to check out Writing and Wellness because it's not just you writing there. You have a lot of uh, uh, guest posters who come in with their own stories, uh, several of which <laughs> have uh, pointed out <laughs> some things in my own life. Well, I think, Stephen, it's time that we have you on that site. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. I, I, can, I can talk about how all, all the things that I'm doing wrong and, and what you've, you've helped me to do to correct it. <laughs> Sounds great. All right, Colleen, thank you so much for being here. It's been a delight. Thank you, Stephen. I've enjoyed it.